2: I was thinking of getting Andy to do cheese rolling, but at Sixfields, getting a, a shoe, putting a weight in it, and then just lobbing it down the hill at Sixfields and get people to chase it. Think it Brilliant, me. mate. Before <laughs> the game, after the game, double up on the income.
3: I'm just yes. thinking, Tom, with your sport ideas, can we go back to Alan Partridge's list, the monkey wrestling, etc. cetera, um, Partridge amongst that- the pigeons. I reckon he was onto, onto a winner there compared to your idea of cheese rolling with
0: shoes. When
2: well, you say that, me, Andy, and... Red Bull are in very advanced talk for hurling a shoe down the hill at Sixfields, so are we, Andy? We're, getting, we're going to get big I, made,
0: I thought you agreed not to mention it. You know, it's all hush-hush, isn't
2: it? We're we'll be over <laughs> in 30 seconds. People in hospital, a few fatalities, no doubt, and just uh, ending in total disaster. But well, that's quite cobblers, isn't it? it? was cobblers all over, so... Hello and welcome to What Load of Cobblers, Friday Night Lights, better than Carlo Corr in Swan Dive Celebration. I'm Tom Reed, and tonight I'm joined by the usual motley crew of Northampton Town Fanatics. We are talking last week about Mr. Beacon and his shenanigans and what a good name Mr. Beacon would be to book into a hotel under. So this week I'm asking everyone who their favoured hotel pseudonym of choice would be. Now we will choose it is your grandfather's name on your father's side as a first name, followed by the surname of a striker from the year you first started watching the cobblers as a surname. Mm. So first up it's Tesco's finest
3: Martin Maloney. How are you doing, Martin? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Still still on a high. I don't think I'll stop being on a high until the first game of next season. Martin, enough
2: of the cobblers boring stuff. Let's hear let's hear your fantasy hotel booking name using the criteria. It's very complicated, I've already told you. Go on. What's your name?
3: I'd like to book a room, please. My name is Paul Belfon. Paul
2: Belfon. I like that's, it. That's rather classy, I think. Andy, what do you reckon that Paul Belfon hmm. would do for a living?
0: Uh, now, let me, t- Paul Belfon. Uh, Paul Belfon. He could be—I don't know—someone connected with the jazz world. No. Yeah, but I, wa- I, I want to say like an underrated jazz musician who happened to be around the same time as Acker Bilk. But um, you know, never got the credit he deserved. West Country think, jazz was underrated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, is there West
3: anywhere I could hang my beret? Just checking into the hotel. Nice pint of
2: cool cider from the West Country. And he just gets stuck into listening to a bit of his uh, jazz on his
3: headphones. Not making any scene, isn't he? I reckon. You I could pull Bell from would be a good customer. Yeah, you. I mean, you couldn't be a jazz cat and be hyped up, could you? You're going <laughs> to be
0: laid back i was gonna say I, I might even suggest that paul doesn't even drink he
1: just
0: oh, know, he, ta- yes. he, ta- he, ta- he just takes a bottle of water around with him and you know just soaks up the surroundings
2: maybe lights up a reefer in the hotel room surreptitiously opens a window that's
3: the sort of thing paul would do i think you know just to I, I, yeah.
0: that, that would be <laughs> paul's diversion of choice i think without a doubt
3: we're gonna have to look all these people up on facebook afterwards
2: they're <laughs> uh, probably stuck In fact, there is a Paul Balfour out there, and he'll be like, oh, I don't like jazz, I like soul music. <laughs> so, so um, Andy, let's hear yours, mate. Let's hear yours, Andy. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, so you've got, yeah, uh, hello, yeah, uh, reservation, uh, yeah, under the name of Jack Morley.
2: Jack Morley. It's another quite a cast, I think, actually. What do you reckon uh, so- you do for a living? I'll,
0: I'll, I'll throw it open.
4: I reckon he sounds like a like an actor, like someone who would have been in London's burning in the 80s. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I'm
3: sorry, sir. I,
0: um, have I seen you on World of Sport Wrestling with those locks? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like that. London's burning. Maybe the understudy to charisma. Yeah. Do you remember Do you remember that guy? Charisma. Brilliant shout, that. Jack Rowley, well, he can either be, I don't know, he's either just a, a sort of provincial solicitor. Yeah, he could he could be he almost could be in Paul Belfond's, you know, uh, traveling Wilbury style jazz setup.
2: It <laughs> uh, could be a group, let's face it. We could be, could be assembling a whole yeah.
0: band. Or or maybe a boxing a boxing writer from the nineteen fifties, you know, pops up on these ESPN documentaries talking about Ali. Jack Morley, boxing
2: impresario. I think um do you ever see um a comedy called Operation Good Guys. It was about the police. It was really funny. Yeah, yeah. And there was, yeah. a, there was a there was a guy that dressed up as he dressed up as Don King. And I can't remember why. He kept on saying, "You ain't got no resumes. This is your problem." <laughs> anyway, it just reminds me of so if anyone's listening, Operation Good Guys better than The Office.
0: By oh, mate, what was? Oh, well, that's that's ringing a bell. Real ringing a yeah. vague bell.
2: It was, it was a good... It was like um, one of those ones, that, you know, like a, a mockumentary, but it was about the police, and it was like just, just before The Office. But it was oh, really good. But yeah, I remember... Well, that, like, this is so going thing. on the list. So yeah, we've got Mr. Morley. He's just checked in as well. So now we'll go over to Ian, who's just finished making himself one of the Beacon Bingo Bingo signature burgers, the Beaky Beacon Burger, which is <laughs> two chicken goujons between lovely bit of... uh roll with a dairily cheese slice <laughs> <on the> top <laughs> how's that gone down here in that beaky beaky burger from beacon
4: the chicken the chicken goujons were already were always burnt when i was cooking and i'll tell you that now <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't the best on the fly i used to get plenty of complaints from the pensioner clientele Ooh, they don't they normally don't cook them that much
2: <laughs> they weren't
4: weren't shy in their feedback no
2: <laughs> that's quite a polite way of complaining if something's bad it's not usually cooked to that extent i don't think like i think that's quite a nice way of doing it
4: was you've given me you've given me they normally give us like because it was like if they have this you give them this many you know what i mean like if they have this meal deal then they get and it was like they knew how many like goujons they were going to get the whole night you give me five now i'm supposed to have six
0: (laughs) (laughs) so it took it personally
4: anyway you want my um you want my hotel check-in name Personally, Tom, do, are, you just, are you just trying to steal our security details questions to get into our back account?
2: <laughs> yeah, <that> yeah. <laughs> definitely, yeah.
4: And also, you've gone with you've gone with the my father's dad's name, yeah. My, my dad's see if you've gone on my mum's side. My mum's Spanish. I could have a really exotic one. Oh. Let's,
2: let's go with the Spanish one then. Let's go.
4: With the okay, Juan,
2: Juan Carlos uh, Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate! <laughs> Juan Carlos Benjamin. It sounds oh. like one of the players that Andy used to commentate on, to be honest with you.
0: Yes.
2: From Mauritius. That's,
0: yeah, that is that is sensational. Jealous. Yeah.
2: That's the best <laughs> one so far. What What do you reckon, Andy, what do you reckon,
0: Ian's Juan Carlos? Ah, The world is your oyster there. Juan Carlos Benjamin could have been like a right back for Uruguay in the 1934 World Cup.
2: A travelling salesman by way of Guadalajara Who's selling either old El Paso products <laughs> like to midnight? So I don't know if you can sell them wholesale. You probably can. Or he's selling, yeah, illegal arms. Let's go back to the dark web, he's selling Kalashnikovs. You wouldn't expect it of him. He's not one of the, the types that you expect, but he has got oozes in that suitcase. What do you reckon here?
4: Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that's why I'd wanna that's why I'd wanna check in at the um at the self-serve, isn't it? Because, you know, then he wouldn't have to sort of get involved with it. He could
0: check in into a fake name again then, couldn't he? Yeah, but, Ian, what I love about that one is it, it, it's the perfect combination of the, uh, you know, the exotic and the pedestrian, which which are right. the best names ever. I exactly. mean, are we all agreed on that? K- Kenneth Perez, the Danish striker. I mean, Danish, but his name was Kenneth Perez. Ken Perez. You just can't beat it. On Carlos Benjamin is sensational.
2: I reckon Juan Carlos Benjamin is the number one. You've got Kenneth Perez. And then my old favourite, Steve Savidan. Uh, Steve Savidan. Just, just what a name, you know. You know, If you called Steve, Steve Savidan you'd take to the picture of s- supreme confidence, wouldn't you? I'm just,
0: I am it Steve I'd still prefer to be called Kenneth Perez or Juan Carlos <laughs> Benjamin or, pa- or Pablo Mills. <laughs> just ex- exotic and just entirely mundane. I love would it. Would you
2: call yourself, would you call yourself, Juan Carlos Benjamin, or would you just call yourself yeah. Juan Carlos <laughs> like Benjamin, that's... like English at the end, just pure English?
4: Yeah, uh, that's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why not go the whole hog and call yourself Benjamin Juan Carlos? I oh. mean, just 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 rearrange the whole thing.
2: I think uh, Ian's winning so far, and he probably just gets the keys to the whole hotel with that sort of thing. And they're like
3: me, just just you know, just go oh, where you well, want, do what you want.
4: With that yeah, in the travel lodge.
3: Ian, what <laughs> would have been the less cool alternative? Um, Richard <laughs> <laughs> Dickie Benjamin Dickie Benjamin yeah.
2: Dickie Benjamin would mm. definitely be selling in like, a toilet clean or something like that very frustrated in his Ford Mondeo <laughs> just yeah.
4: tried himself to sleep yeah. of the night. So. Was definitely a sales work that one
2: mine is, so your guys, your guys are, are from the 80s aren't they so mine's slightly later, mine's about 91, 92 my one is checking in under the name of Gilbert gilzine <laughs>
0: that's, Gil-
2: that's good
0: Gil- mm. I asked, picked the topic
4: because he knew he was gonna give a good one what's, what's,
3: like- what's his nickname do they just call him gg gg gilbert gilzine like gilbert gilzine i was thinking about it
2: he's either like he's either like yeah like some provincial solicitor or i was thinking he's some sort of golf guy he sounds like a scottish golf he administrator or chairman of his golf club with some, That's some a, very dark secrets.
3: Yeah. it's a Difficult, golf
2: daddy yeah. isn't it? I think he's he's like he's um course administrator up in Scotland. Very dark secret going on. He won't he obviously won't let anyone know about it.
3: He, he said, we have women club. in the clubhouse.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's not, he's not, he's not well. sexist, but <laughs> Gilbert goes in and it just and that came from Ian Gilsey in the uh son of Alan the famous Spurs player who was never quite as good as if anyone remembers him but yeah played at the county ground up front very good came with a big name you know I think that that must weigh quite heavily on you if you're the son of someone like a legend and you're not quite as good
0: yeah who was talking yeah. about that on the pod not too long ago actually it was
2: um was it Ryan Gilligan whose dad played for Watford I think he was yes of-
0: that was it that was it really nice articulate guy um yeah, lovely, and man. yeah it was a good interview that wasn't it
2: yeah. Yeah, so I think between let's go through all the names. Martin's what what's your name again, Martin?
0: Uh swear so Paul Belfon.
2: Paul Belfon, the jazz uh, impresario. Then we've got uh,
0: Andy's what was yours again? Uh, Jack Morley. Jack Mo- <laughs> Nice <laughs> uh, Jack Morley. Jack Morley and then Jack Morley. Jack
2: Morley, nice. It just reminds me of the Far Show. Do you remember the jazz club? nice big time, Jack Morley, tra- jazz trio. Nice. Uh, Andy's, uh, sorry, Ian's is clearly the best. The the Spanish
3: on, dru- on
2: trumpet, <laughs> 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 was you get Juan Carlos Benjamin? Ian, ben- um, Ian. yeah, Juan one
4: Carlos one carlos Benjamin.
2: Just like, yeah, that that trumpet for me. And then we got Gilbert gilzin Gilbert Guzin could be the dodgy manager, a bit like um Kenleton Parker for Elvis but um yeah so th- let's face it that is a um superb hotel guest list that anyone would really want on their on their guest list and you get some entertainment at night with the, the beautiful jazz as well so i'm <laughs> very happy with the outcome of that little um segment so let's crack on with some cobbler's stuff yeah so let's move on to last week's segment about cobbler's pies. we bumped to. Ian's bumped into quite a few, mainly at but Mr. One Million Pound Man, Chris Lee, who I think some other people have bumped into as well. But I put out on Twitter, has anyone else bumped into a cobbler's player out and about? And we've got quite a few answers back. Um, for some reason, and I don't know if you guys know about Duncan Spedding's propensity for the salad cart and buffets. Mm. But um, a guy <laughs> Ian Wickens, who's at Chunk Design on Twitter, tweeted that he bumped into Duncan Spedding at Salad Cart and a Surrey Harvester. So, um <laughs> it's not a bad place. Bad to Mister Spedden. Do anyone remember Duncan Spedden? He's a left back.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we pl- we paid um, decent money for him when he when he came in as well. I think he came from Southampton, and we paid six, uh, I think, sixty grand, which was a decent. Well, it'd be a decent figure these days when you don't really pay transfer fees. But but it'd always be special to me because. When te- Tesco Brackmill's bond won the Division Five League Cup in the Sunday Lights in 2000-2001, and one, and I've got the picture in my bedroom next next to me with me, my flowing bleached blonde locks, <laughs> back when I had hair. Duncan Spedding presented the- presented the trophy. <laughs> well, I That's a quite ball.
2: a like If you put, if you you know, you pulled or whatever, you bring a whoever back to your out your room, and there's a picture of you being <laughs> <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> I think
3: there's <laughs> there's a bit of a passion that- killer sadly, I think as anyone who comes around to my house, they'd say, Martin you've played a lot of sport, there's an awful lot of those most improved player and club man of the year type awards you know? Uh, got a, uh, we
2: know we've got another tweet sent in from Shane Webster who tweeted, it's quite a good one actually his mate lives in Hong Kong and a couple of years ago, his mate rang him up drunk and put him on to Jason White, the, the striker and uh, yeah. they about cobblers, like wow. it, whenever you drop the name Jason White, that's that's good for me. I think that'd be a good focal wouldn't it? Jason White, 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 as I think we used to sing. Another tweet we've got in from Mark White. He mentions Mr. One Million Pound Christian Lee, who Ian served at Sainsbury's. Mark White saw him in Kingsford blockbuster video. So I wonder <laughs> if he went went straight from Sickfield down to rent the video and. The obvious question is, what video was Christian Lee renting out? What's
4: that one when Tom Cruise is the uh, sports agent when he says, "Show me the money."
0: Oh, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Jeremy, uh, Jerry Maguire.
4: Jeremy Jerry Maguire could be that, couldn't it? He? he could get, a, he could, like, if he'd have got a better agent, then he could have actually gone for one million pounds. So
2: if he just sat at home, just shouting, "Show me the money," do you reckon he actually bought the one million? pound thing and it sort of like rested very heavy on his shoulders he really wanted that that big move and never got it
0: or more to the point started started buying a big house and stuff before (laughs) before he got the deal (laughs) back before 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 the deal had been inked
3: back before banks were doing all them checks on a mortgage oh what oh it's in the paper you're gonna sell from go for a million pounds (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah, it's pretty much a self-certified isn't it yeah big tick Go on, off you go, son.
2: It's Brewster's millions I was going for. <laughs> oh,
0: <yeah.
2: laughs> Atkins millions. Classic. Classic. For so the theme, you know, the million-pound theme. It's got to be something to do with a millionaire, hasn't it? I don't know.
3: But Brewster's a millionaire. I think that's um, Richard Pryor, isn't it? Yeah, Richard yes. He'd get 30 million if he could spend a million but have nothing to show with it. But you weren't allowed to just give it away or, like, gamble or do the, the things that are like, that would never work because I do X. Because obviously you won't make much, much of a good film out of that. Although I'm not secure on film, <laughs> he could have just spent it on Christian Lee and be
2: done with it, and then that would have solved a lot of problems. <laughs> 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 just Christian Lee.
3: Of Well, I, um, I, I'm going I would go in a different direction. Go on. Do you know that, that Do you know who signed Christian Lee in 2003? You know, it's happened. There was something I thought, and I thought i will check on Wikipedia. Do you know who signed him in two thousand and have been John Barnwell. No, um, this was going two people's careers going the opposite way. And I quote: Lee joined Halifax Town in two, in May two thousand and three. Manager Chris Wilder said he's desperate to get in football league into league football. He spent the majority of his career. <laughs> no way. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I just had to check, and I think that Christian Lee was in Blockbuster getting a DVD of a Kraftwerk live performance. Oh, that's a bit of a <laughs> Because,
0: <laughs>
3: and I, I just had to, I had to check it, and it's on Wikipedia, so it must be true. In 2006, Lee was signed up by the sports division of Chinese fashion label Giordano to model a new range of cycling shorts and other Lycra sportswear.
4: What?
3: So he became the model.
2: So, Mr. Million Pound Man was actually a model on the side. Fair play to him, you know. Yeah, maybe he's living in that big house now that we were all laughing about.
3: The laughs, the jokes on us. Maybe he's He'll be listening to this, laughing at us, sitting on his pots of money,
2: and listening to craftwork. Of course. It's practically to listen to craftwork. <laughs> um, I can't. I can't argue with that, and I think that's that's highly likely. It just reminds me of going into Blockbuster Video. Now, it wasn't Blockbuster. It was um, a video shot we went in when we were little, and this is quite a good story. Um, we um, there was a film called Flesh Gordon, right? Which is <laughs> high- oh god, <laughs> and it was like a adult version of Flash Gordon. And it was always on the top shelf, like in the in the video shop. And as kids, we were obviously intrigued by this. So there was, do you know, those things they used to have out in shops which you could stand on. I don't know what you describe a little little stall basically to stand on to get up there. So my mate who was taller than us, stood on this thing to get it, and he still couldn't reach. And he was like just reaching and reaching and reaching. And then he knocked Flesh Gordon, and all the adult films fell on the floor. <laughs> and, we all, like, and we were like pissing ourselves. Oh my god, and all the shop looked round. This woman came over and she was working there and she went. Right, you need to put every one of those back one by one. And he had to stand there and put them back.
0: That is, that's classic. That's that's glorious.
2: We've gone completely down <laughs> a wormhole here. I was just reading out a couple of plays that people have bumped into. but So that was one um, from Christian Lee at Blockbuster. And there's quite a f- couple of others. Um, Phil Garlick tweeted saying that he bumped into the 97-98 squad in Visage. He probably talked He actually he's put Visage in question mark. He mate, probably means mate, who,
0: who, he? mate, who who? didn't?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Jason Dazelle. He, he's uh, he dropped a name there. Jason Dazelle. So. <laughs> mark Josiah, tweeted us saying that he bumped into Ian Benjamin, no relation to Ian's hotel uh, Carlos. Juan Carlos. Or his boring Uncle, spin Uncle spin Richard. <laughs> <laughs> He bumped yeah. into Ian Benjamin outside Spinner Disc, which is, you know, if anyone from Northampton drops spinner disc, you know they're authentic. I don't know if anyone remembers that record shop down
0: having some Or, yes, or even it. great or even great Aunt Floella.
2: <laughs> That's even a bigger she not
0: Lady Floella Benjamin now, I think. She is yes. great
3: show. <laughs> um Andy bumped he
2: bumped into Bobby Barnes outside Ritzy. These are some brilliant ones. These oh yes. Ian, did you ever go Ritzy's?
4: Anyone? Yeah, def- I did. And I, I saw a certain blonde goalkeeper quite inebriated outside there once. And I think someone asked him the score at the burger van for that day's match. And he uh, he wasn't in any state to answer. Oh, that's fantastic. That's <laughs> Let's for
0: the fantastic. Legals again. I think we can guess who that was. I can only yeah. think of one block.
2: It must be him. Uh, yeah, so Mark Josiah has bumped into some Cobblers legends at real uh, Cobblers. Legendary places. Uh, Auntie Bex has treated us a picture with her and Stevie Howard, big Stevie Howard in that was in Visage. So obviously, Visage was a place to go. I,
3: years, I so think I missed something in the night in the nineties with my kind of indie alternative floppy haired nonsense on there down at the likes of Panache. It was and what in in town that meet me goth and rock alternative and indie nights. I've missed all the Cobblers players, so i probably have a huge amount more respect for those 90s players than those of you that were going to your clubby clubs and were seeing them in the flesh. <laughs> what do you reckon, what Cobblers player would
2: have gone to some of that lounge? Do we, do we have any sort of great? Oh,
3: who's... John Joe. Joe. Yeah, John, John Joe would love that, wouldn't he? Yeah.
2: Yeah. He,
4: was he was the guy with the mullet. He was the guy with the mullet who quit football. Played uh, for
3: George, the Paul McGregor, he's a musician now.
4: Played. He was, yeah, he would have gone to the indie clubs, yeah. wouldn't he? We'd have
2: seen him there. Uh, Jefferson Lake treated us saying that his friend bumped into Ray Warburton in the newsagents in Dustin, and you probably know it. Uh, <laughs> Today it's signed for Russian Diamonds. He said that... That's
4: Ray Warburton in the Chinese, done there all the time, actually. He's always around.
2: Uh, uh, maybe he lives up that way. But, um, this but he sounded like uh, Cobbler's Cluedo. Ray Warburton <laughs> in the Chinese <laughs> bag of chips. <laughs> With the sweet and sour pork balls. Um, Jefferson Lake said that uh, his mate, said that Ray Warburton seemed really sad that he left Cobblers but he just said mate I've just paid off my mortgage when he joined Rushton so that just shows you the Rushton wage, wages of those times Andy you were following them they paying quite a lot of money weren't they? Yeah there was all
0: these sort of rumours that I bet he's getting two grand a week
2: Seems a bit of a coincidence that do you remember the ITV digital crash? Yeah They blamed a lot of stuff on that but it just seems like a lot of football's problems came when Northampton TV went down the tube do you know what I mean? It seems a bit of a coincidence. That North Fantasy TV money just completely burst the bubble of the whole of English football.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, um yeah, I mean but what can you say? It was a it was a, a sort of um, a cautionary tale of hubris, of of dreams, of dreams being realised, of potential and of potential not being realised.
2: Let's face it, we're gonna rehash North Fantasy TV soon because this is where this all, all lead in. I think we're all skating around the issue, but this is where it's gonna go. no TV. Just
0: get a, just get get a VHS converter, mate. I get one. Do you know? Do you know
2: those like um, catalogs you get through, and it's all it's all stuff like maybe like the elderly would like stuff like special comfy slippers and stuff. There'll definitely be a VHS converter in that catalog. I'm going to search it out, and then we'll get all the classic franchises back on on our screens. But you can put them on YouTube or something. Get the interest there. Boom, sell the sell the company for you know five hundred billion. So it all, exactly. it all links back to Bitcoin. It's a, it's a, it
0: does. You know, it's a it does. We can loop it back. <laughs>
2: But um, going back to Carl Heggs, we we're talking about Carl Heggs. <laughs> we'll finish this little segment of Cobblers, players we bumped into. There's a guy called, got a brilliant um, Twitter handle. It's name's European Bob. I'm not going to like read out like the, the full bit about his tweet. You can see it on our Twitter at waylockmag, waylockmag. But um, he's just tweeted us, not bumped into, into, a mate of mine works with Carl Heggs. This is what he got on a secret Santa right. last year. And there's a photo of Carl Heggs with a book and it's called, <laughs> A book for, uh, I won't say the rest because I can't be able to bleep out, but you go and look. And
3: <laughs> just say no more. But um... Could I share just something else on, on Heggs? And it, it won't be nice complimentary, but he was a very, very good footballer. But I remember an Ian Atkins interview back around the time that Heggs was playing. Heggs, I really liked Heggs, maybe because, you know, at the crappy level I played, I saw myself as similar. But Atkins, on expressing his <laughs> frustration after Ooh. one game, and he said, "He said Heggs, as long as I was, don't get me stuck. He said, I'll play him wide, he comes inside. I said, do you want to play around the middle? I'll play him down the middle, he goes wide. And he said, I cannot get the guy. But he was one of them. It was like, whatever he did, he'd always be slightly out of out of place. Yeah. You know, didn't, yeah. didn't quite fit in the structure we had. But, you know, he'd produce. He was
2: one of those players that used to have his... Socks around his shins, didn't he? And like a dribbler and those sort of players that are, you know.
0: Well, that's a nice nice shortcut, you know, a bit of code for Maverick, isn't it? Yeah.
3: yeah. (laughs) I've tried to wear my socks low as a (laughs) rubbish centre-forward or winger on a Sunday. It's never (laughs) made me look cool at all.
2: Yeah, Hegsy's a bit of a legend. People, if you're listening, keep, if you bump into anyone like in the next few weeks or you think of any... Players that you bumped into, give us a shout because uh, the more people talk about it, people are going, "Oh yeah, I remember this, and I remember bumping into wherever." So if you're listening, it's just...
3: like Police Five now. It's like Keaton peeled.
2: Yeah, you know, well, you know, we're <laughs> always we always watching Cobblers players. <laughs> we're watching, the waiting, especially if you're in Blockbuster Video or Video Shop. You know, keep away from <laughs> <Yes>, that <them. no. laughs>
3: <laughs> We don't all have to jump into our Tardis after this and like see if we yeah. find the Blockbuster Video. I used
2: to love going to a video shop and not like buying the popcorn and stuff. It was a real event, wasn't it? now you just whack on Netflix. It's just not the same. So we've got loads of stuff to talk about, but we're going to have to, you know, cut a few things out because we just spent a lot of time talking about Juan Carlos Benjamín and his uh, <laughs> trad jazz trio. But uh, one thing we are going to, we have got time to talk about, and, you know, we've a little think about this, is we were going to talk about the best away days, you know, of Cobblers fans. And let's face it, there's only been about two. So that's just rubbish and uh, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit boring. So we're going to talk about the worst away days as a Cobblers fan. And as soon as we started mentioning it, I was thinking, of, ugh, you know, it started racking them up. There's, you know, and Albion, blah, blah, blah. So I've got a few, but I'll, I'll get down to one. Um, Let's go with you first, Ian. You've followed the Cobblers for a long time, home and away. What, give us one of your worst away days. I'll,
4: there's two that really stand out. There's one after my dad passed away. I thought, I'll go and cheer myself up. I'll go and watch the Cobblers uh, um, away at Walsall. Um so that went well. That was where a fight basically broke out around me about how bad Leon Constantine was. <laughs> Some people thought he was really bad. Others thought he was bad, but that was all we could afford. But <laughs> so this is really cheering me up. I could almost see my dad like smiling down on me saying, I, sh- I told you, you shouldn't have gone. <laughs> and, and then that's I think cute. he scored. I think, we lost, I think we lost three. I think we lost quite heavily, but I think he got a late consolation, but I think that they, um, they gave it there's a known goal. That was that was a pretty miserable day. <laughs> got me out of the house, though. There's another one, 98, had a great weekend in Blackpool. Um, we had a good time, actually. I was, what, 18, 19. But, unfortunately, Cobb was lost. It was that game where I think he got, like, Soccer AM's one of their goals of the season from in showboat, where it was like a backheel volley, the Blackpool player did. Uh, Clark Clarkson, I think his name was. And... Um, so, yeah, we lost the game. So, we were in sort of bad spirits. Personally, I kind of was in two miles to go to the game because we were having such a good time on the Golden Mile before the game. It was great. We all wanted to stay in the pub and watch the uh, Sunday Sport Stunners strip uh, Troop. But, um, yeah, my mates dragged me to watch the cobblers get, get beat. And then we got back to the... Um, we got back to the B&B, and my mate was in a really bad mood. And um, he put on a CD, a, a Pete Tong dance compilation, and
0: oh, it came yes. on
4: it. it. wasn't that great. And then he kind of realized that he'd spent his precious beer money on a on a CD that he could have bought, you know, any Saturday morning in Abington Street <laughs> at Spinner Disc. And he kind of lashed out and, um, unfortunately, kicked a hole in the wall of the B&B, <laughs> and it was like, oh, my God, this, things are going to happen but, I mean, we kind of, me, you know, we sort of knew well. I'm, we, we've not done anything wrong, but obviously, we're all in the same room, so we're all going to shoulder the blame. So it's quite a, quite a frosty reception um, that morning when we went down for breakfast after we'd kind of admitted what had happened. So yeah, that it was, it was a mixed weekend. We, we had a good time, but um, yeah. Sorry, when you say
3: mixed, what was the good bit?
4: The good, the good bit was going out on the, you know, in Blackpool right, before, before the football. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and after, yeah, going out on the beers, it was, we had a really good time, you know, and, and actually, when my mate was um, sulking after what he'd done, and after seeing the cobbers get beat, me and my other mate, we went to the pleasure beach, and we went on the um the big one, you know, the, the big uh, rollercoaster, yeah. I think we went on it about 10 times, <laughs> just time after time, while we were waiting, you know, before we went out that night, so yeah, we had a good time, but you know... That's the thing. If you don't get away to watch the football and and your team loses, it kind of puts a dampener on the whole thing, even if the rest of the time is is, is good.
2: Football always ruins
0: it, doesn't it, really?
2: There's a a few occasions (laughs) where you you come back really elated, but nine times out of ten, the football ruins it and the rest of the stuff is...
0: I I remember that goal that Ian's talking about. Was it Phil Clarkson?
4: Yeah, yeah, that's it. We were behind the goal. It was a ter- we were in the terrace the away end and it was right down the other end, so we couldn't really see it. But when you watch the replays back, it's on YouTube, it's really good. I'll tell you something else that happened in that game actually. Martin Oldridge was playing for Blackpool and um, yeah. one of my mates didn't didn't like him. He had a he had a bit of a, a grudge against him at the time. Um and um he took a penalty and my mate was um he thought, I'm gonna put him off. And I don't know if it was as it, how it is in my memory, but he went right up to, like, right by the side of the goal, because it was a terrace, to, like, gesture at Aldridge to put him off. And In my memory, he was pretty much leaning on the goalpost when he was putting him off. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I don't know if it did a trick, but he did miss the penalty. So, there you go. He did. He missed the penalty. Yeah, he did, yeah. He missed the penalty. Yeah, <laughs> they, they scored. They scored anyway. Like, they obviously beat us. It's two and nothing. But, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, good time, really? I think I th- Phil Clark. could I just, Phil Clarkson? I remember from the days of soccer and football highlights back then. Phil Clarkson had a he had a purple patch as a, for a couple of years. He was like a, a number ten, but he was called the Ghost. And were, I just seem to remember him scoring humongous amounts of goals. A bit like uh, I think it was David Platt in a, an England World Cup of Euro campaign yes. of just drifting it. But it was normally headers. And I wasn't at that game, but back. At, but you can always see it. He was just a guy who wasn't particularly quick, who would just, well, as the name went, ghost into space and just find that. But he'd never amounted to much before. Or, or I just
0: always up. had Clarkson in that bracket of, like, northern strikers. Just just used to bounce around the north, just yeah. knocking in a few goals every now and again. The sort of guy
3: we would sign, having scored 15, 20 goals the season before, and be rubbish, <laughs> and we be like, well, what went wrong with you know Ian Henderson type? Yeah,
2: yeah, he
3: was a good yeah. player.
2: Just never. Ian Henderson played really well for watchdale, and people like that, and like for us, it's just had nothing, a bad season
3: with us, and that's always our memory. The, to- yeah. the time someone spends with you is the memory you have. You, you generally have of them. So, um, Martin, what's what's your away day to forget? <laughs> well, I'd love. I'd love to say being a cobbler. I've never had a bad away day, but um, oddly, perhaps stretching the truth. I'd first like to start by saying Ian has been in one afternoon on a roller coaster 10 times more than I've been on in my life because I'm terrified of them.
1: <laughs>
3: but bad away days. The folly long, of you. How long have we got? I mean, I, could, you know, there are so many. There are so many. Say, the ones the last-minute winners for the opposition when you've, like, maybe thought you've scraped something. Uh, humiliation. One that really sticks when we make throw from Seattle, when we went to Bristol Rovers, um, the last game of Rob Page's um, reign of terror. Um, when, you know, 4-0 down in 20-something minutes, and then, sort of, you know, if it can't get worse, it's like the horrible comments afterwards. I mean, me American mate, Jason, just say <laughs> right at least it's always entertaining when i come over it's like a six foot four black guy saying that to you it's like everyone around is just laughing but I, but I think i've got i've got a weirder one we have mansfield away like yep. a nice short one local derby i went to that glenville donegal school well i mean i went with the mounties and we stopped the trowel services and it was something like, yeah, you've got 15 minutes here. You know, when I go, I, I go on trust, I go with um, trust travel, and we're like, we just build in, we'll leave at nine, eight, nine, ten o'clock. We'll build in a two-hour pub stop. So if anything goes wrong, you always get into the ground in time, you just eat into the pub stop. And as me and my mates, and I'm like 14, are coming out of like W8 Smiths with our crisps and what have you, coach is pulling off. No mobile funds are out. We're like, we're at trial services and, that, and it's not like he's missed one bloke. Jeez. 13 of us. So it was just like, well, what the hell That's... are we going to do? So I think we looked at you know try to work out again I, I always think i'm always doing the most of we looked on google maps to see how far mansfield was can we get there ourselves dude? no i guess we must have consulted an actual map <laughs> and then it was like right and we got we ended up getting a taxi jeez so whatever is nearest to i think we got a taxi in nottingham um, and and Knotts County, I think, were playing Bristol City and they were just pissed up Bristolian. We went straight to a police station. We didn't know what to do. We went to a police station. And pissed up Bristolians are getting dragged in. And clearly, we got, and we're like, what? Well, we're a bunch of scared, like, I'm probably the youngest, the oldest, probably about 18, 19. And, you know, we'd probably be full of ourselves in a different environment. We were not very full of ourselves then. And the cops helped us out a bit. And they were like, well, I think, it was to get a train there. We are going to get there till about half past three, and they they didn't know how far it was from Mansfield Alfred and Parkway to the to the ground. It was could it So I think one of the one of the lads, his dad was a travel. It takes <laughs> back the travelling salesman or something. But I just remember we got back <laughs> to Travel Services, but south. I think the cops drops off southbound. This lad's dad turned up. I don't know what he had boxes are. It felt like a shoe box in the back of his bag, but he squeezed 13 of us in there and got us back to Northampton. And we, <laughs> when we got back. We were all really angry. We rang Les that ran the boundaries at the time. And he said, it's terrible. It's terrible. Said, Do you want a free trip to the next game? And we're like, yeah, okay, that's all right. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> looking oh, now, honest. and think, no, what a, you know, I'm safeguarding officer at our at baseball. You know, you know how to look after young people, just look <laughs> after generally. You get sued now, if it happens to you now. Um, Andy, what's your, what's your, your
2: worst away day at Cobblers?
0: Oh, well, worst, best, memorable. Um, one sticks out, which is, um, I was at university, so, end of season, 95, 96. So, in university in Liverpool, Wigan away, final day of the season. Cobblers were, I think, respectable enough. Can't remember where we finished that season, but it was neither here nor there. It was fine. Nothing to play for on the final day. Wigan needed just a point to get in the playoffs. And they were, it was the three amigos team. Roberto Martinez was playing. Yeah. And um, niche quiz question, who were the other two of the amigos? But, we, you know. I, I do know that. Just, do, do you know that. That's a good one of them is called um, Jesus saber Jesus Seba.
2: Yeah, and the second one I always forget, but yeah, there was. Oh, uh, well, anyway. I thought you just
0: said you knew it.
2: Yeah, no, I do one. I do
3: one. I do the other one. Oh, right. no, no, whatever. Okay, right. So is it Juan no, Carlos
2: just... uh, Benjamín? <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's, it's Juan sorry, Carlos. sorry. Just had to be away from the screen for a while. Easy <laughs> throaty <laughs> Oh
0: dear. um yeah, and uh, one nil down. Uh, basically, Wigan were one nil down, as I recall. Equaliser went in, so one all. That's fine. That suits everyone. Let's just, let's just, you know, pick the stumps out and go home. And then Jason White scores with the last kick of the match at the cobbler's end. Yeah. Um, Pete Norton took a brilliant photo of that moment. You know, i.e. the ball had just left Jason White's head. It was on its way. Um, and there's in the back of the photo is is me. You can see me about to celebrate the goal wearing my lotto kit at the time. And um, that was sensational. So pandemonium, Wigan have just been, their whole season has just turned to dust within the last few seconds. Real, real moody atmosphere at the end, as you can imagine. We were, I think, I think we were kept back for a bit, cobbler's lot. And then when we we're walking back towards the station, get the train back to Liverpool, we kind of got separated so there's about me a dozen of us me and my uni mates and some others and next thing you know we're, we're you know we're basically in this terrace street in wigan and there's a a gang at the other end of the street and a gang at the other end and it was the first time ever in my life where i remember being in a football type situation or any type situation thinking i might well be in serious trouble here I, I don't actually want to get my head kicked in and then wh- Out of nowhere, or we noticed, or I promise I'm making this up. You know that thing that runs between the back of terraced houses, like in the Coronation Street credits. I never know what what they're called. The alley alleyway. It's like an alleyway, but it's not quite an alleyway. It's like a gimel or something. Is it a gimel? Gimel, gimel, gimel. And we found one of it. We, you know, there were one. We noticed one pegged it down this gimel, um, being chased and kind of you know came to a main drag and dispersed then it was all fine but i can remember uh, the adrenaline of the adrenaline of the situation going Haha, this is all a laugh ah it's not actually uh yeah. there's some really hard guys shouting down that end of the street oh no worry oh, and at that end of the street as well um and, and yeah we you know it was one of them things adrenaline was pumping we got out of it i remember running really hard and just being very scared um, they did the
2: pace of Jason White to get away from that situation. You know I mean? I so you
0: exactly. Stuff.
3: You know, when you mess up someone else's day, it's quite good. But sometimes, yeah. as Andy's described, <laughs> the aftermath is horrible. I remember
2: that game against Port Vale. I remember, um, we had Donovan scoring in the top corner. That was very tasty, that game. Because afterwards, the Port Vale fans weren't happy at all.
1: That
2: no. Was. Under, uh, AD Boothroyd, I remember that being a, really bad atmosphere but um my worst away day i was just thinking about it and there, there there's various because there's always you know like last minute throwing the game away and stuff like that where you, you know where you just leave dejective so there's there's various ones like that obviously the wembley under the Booth stands out as a really bad away day just because we were just dreadful <laughs> um there was a game against At Burton Albion, I remember, and Chris Dunn was in goal. And I'm sure we found ourselves fairly, like, 2-0 down quite quickly or something like that. And I'm sure it looked like Chris Dunn obviously didn't, but it looked like the ball went through his hands and threw it in the net or whatever. That was bad. Because I remember going to the bar after about 25 minutes, which I think was a record. And loads of people were already down there, and everyone was just doing the cobbler's groan, which we all get used to. Like, oh, my God, not again. I think probably Gima was down there as well. So that was a bad
3: one, but um, how, how, word... was his, how was his mood that day? I mean, was he kind of like calm down, lads? You know, we can come back. Set now, <laughs>
2: hmm. no, he was He was effing and jeffing to be honest with you. Andy, really? oh, he, had big, he had a big brolly as well. Uh, I remember uh, he seeing was like
4: whenever we won,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I saw Gima at one game, and I think who was, who was it, Wimbledon away, someone like that. Oh, that brings up another memory. I'll have to add that one in when. I'll, get, I'll quickly say the Gima story. It was at the game, and Gima was going, Billy McKay, blah, 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 you're a waste of space, blah, blah, blah. And I went to him, I was looking, and I was like, dang, even Billy Mackay, Gima. That's a guy called Bray King. And he was slating this Billy McPaul, Billy <laughs> Mackay wasn't even playing. And I was like, gee, I was like, mate. Anyway, so yeah, that sort of brings back a memory of uh, some of my uh, bad away days of getting to the ground late. Do you know, and Martin sort of attested to this, when you're really anxious you've gone all this bloody way and you're going to miss a kickoff like one time we went to um Wimbledon away I think it was and it was a night game and we left really early like plenty of time and it pissed down and the traffic around like the M25 was so bad that we turned up to Wimbledon late even though we left like two hours early I had to get off the coach and run to the ground you know, I think you guys remember this I think Edgar Davids was no, it was Barnett Barnett Edgar Davids Barnett, was playing yeah. with Barnett and we were like 3-0 down, something after about 10 minutes. And I'd like taken my Tuesday night to bloody watch this game. My actual answer to the rest of the way there was t- Torquay, which, thinking back, I must have been, uh, you know, rather, you know, I lost to do it at the weekends at that time. Because why would you ever bother going to watch cobbler's at Torquay? So Torquay away, I think it was 2010. Now, I used to go on the trust bus, like mine, back in those days. But I wouldn't say it was the most best organized thing in the world I know, in those days like you frequently used to turn up late and slide out the bus and we were waiting at western fable might might have even been on this bus god knows we were waiting at western fable and the bus just didn't turn up to go to torquay so it was like half an hour late no one there were some other people there they're all looking a bit like what we do they went so i just thought right i'll ring up the organizer or whatever he was like oh the bus is there the bus should be there and i was like hey, it's not there He's like, yeah, it's a Western Fable. And I was like, well, ask the driver where it is at Western Fable. And the bloody driver had parked at the bloody, do you know, like the loading bay at Western Fable around the back? <laughs> around the back of Western Fable. <laughs> oh, so we had to go all the way around. It gets worse. We had to go all the way around to so get on this bus. It was always late. And then, you know, you, there's a drop. There's pickups further on Hotel and so So it got later and later. And the bus driver goes, oh, I'm going to drive all the way up to Birmingham to get on the road to go down to Torquay. Well, I'm thinking, this just sounds counterintuitive. I know it probably d- it makes sense as a driver or whatever, but to get on a certain motorway. So we're driving all the way up to Birmingham. Obviously, there's a traffic jam in Birmingham, so we don't even get on this bloody uh, road to go go south again. And it took us six hours to get to Torquay. Um, <sighs> we get to Torquay just before kickoff, going through the car park. I see the team coach and on the team coach is Kevin Thornton. The, uh, Yeah, so a colourful character, let's say, who had a mysterious virus. In inverted commas, that game, and didn't play. So that started well. He's my like my favourite player, really good, skillful player. Uh, I think we found ourselves two 0 down as usual, or something quite quickly. I remember Liam Davis had a row with Samo, we didn't want to come off. It, we just all went to pieces, and it, we, I was stuck in you know the so-called English Riviera, thinking, what have I done with my life? Um, then. <laughs> We get, then then the game's over. We get back on the coach. And, you know, often with football crowd, the the coach takes ages to get away. He got lost within Torquay around the ground. So it was driving around Torquay, like in a circle. <laughs> Gets to this road, which is on an incline, s- slowly go up. There's kids and they're about five years old. I'm not even joking. And we're driving past them and they're giving us the Vs, right? They've given us the Vs. They must have been like five, six years old. And their traffic stops. And we're stuck with these kids, and they're just giving us the Vs for about half an hour. And like, I'm not going to give the Vs back to a five-year-old. So we, I just couldn't do anything. They were just literally giving us the Vs. And I was like, oh, my God, it took yeah, us. Devon
4: is one of the most, you know, Devon is notorious for its football firms, especially like the, the young the young lads that are um, affiliated with those clubs. So it's no surprise.
2: The talky, yeah. the talky five-year-old crew were yeah. giving you know, us, you us know, the Vs
3: you wouldn't see Millwall or the or the ICF going down there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were given. Tom, can I give you a an even more humiliating version of your? You got yeah. the V's and the five year olds. Yeah, yeah. We won a league game at Millwall at the New Den on a Tuesday night uh, many many years ago, and it it was what I was quite when I learned some of the story of it afterwards. I was hugely passionate about it. scored the winner. And he, gave, he went nuts. A like lot more nuts than you'd expect a guy to go. And it turned out he's he had a massive problem with Millwall because of some of the abuse that Paul Williams and a couple of other black players have got uh, when they played a playoff there for Derby. But at the time, it's just like bloody hell. Cobblers are the one at Millwall. And we're going up that road when you come out come out of the ground on the coaches. And a few Millwall fans are still outside the pub. They're not happy. And me and my mate, sat on one bus, the one at the front, as we obviously wait till you're pulling away, we suggest they might like a bit more salt on their chips and gesture to (laughs) that. effect. And we're like, you know, the the, the traffic's moving, we're fine. Then someone's phone goes behind us. They've just had a bottle through the side of the coach. Oh, really? (laughs) Me and I are just like, Sloping down. For you. I wonder what did we call <laughs> that? That'll be a rather
2: drafty drive home, I reckon. Um,
3: yeah, and then, it's,
2: um, it's always better with three points. Yeah. yeah. On my talkie, on my talkie one as well. Just, it was just a terrible day, and it took us ages to get home. And then when we got back to Northampton, I don't know if this was the same time, but there was definitely a time when the bus driver didn't know where any of the drop-offs were, so I had to guide him <laughs> to all the drop-offs in Northampton. I'm thinking. I'm, pay- I'm paying money to go and watch Cobblers get smashed and then tell the, the bus driver where to drive in Northampton. I was like, oh, I might as well just tell him where my house is because he won't know, will really. he? I just say, here we are, what's the favour of get chopped off? But it was like one of those ones where I was like, man, this is the last time I go. And then probably within a few weeks I was, you know, going off somewhere else, I'm going to sort of flee it in Britain and getting sworn at by five-year-olds. So, yeah, um that is our lot as Cobblers fans. We sort of accept it, don't we, that there's going to be those days where it's just
3: like, relentlessly shit and you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: what
3: make, it's what it's what makes football beautiful though isn't it yeah there's things that make it special because if you stick with the same team when they're losing or winning it's more meaning you know it's more meaningful for you and those crap days make the great you know the mansfield away for me but i never got to perhaps just contributed 0.05 percent of the joy I felt at Shrewsbury when we stayed in the league. Um, Ivan Toadie, two goals at, da- at Dagenham when Wilder kept us up two seasons later. He's that bit more invested. It brings you in and it it gives you those feelings. God, I care about this. You know, when I have to, you know, if we're short of people, we're running extra buses, Martin, can you steward it? And there'll be people who don't normally go to away games, but you're like right, okay, you on count people on, make sure they're safe because you want more people to have part of this wonderful thing that you feel and it wouldn't feel so wonderful if you i don't know if you were a new man city fan a new chelsea fan it's just like yeah this is my team i've had them forever they'll have me forever it's like a marriage you can't get divorced mm. from
0: but i like I, i'm gonna raise something because i i don't know because I haven't listened to the clip, but I'm aware of it. You know, it happens a lot these days, but wasn't there the talk sport thing with Jim White having a row with someone about, can you change your team or not? Has anyone heard that clip?
2: I've I've heard of it. I know it was on Twitter. They were discussing it. Yeah. And Again, what, what it blew point. up
0: for a day or so, didn't it? But I, I think the idea was that Jim White was saying, what's wrong with changing your team, you know, and, yeah. everything yeah <laughs> why, why why is it even up for question why are we even talking about it you know? I think, I suppose I think, you I suppose you have to these days really because there's a certain I don't know there's a certain um way that uh we, we've all grown up with the game and you know the thought of switching a, a, a major allegiance is just it's just never going to happen but Loads of people watch lo- watch football in lots of different ways, don't they? And I suppose you have to be more. Aw- I'm speaking personally here, m- more aware and be more open to the way people consume football. But it's something you put you pull back from instantly, isn't it? When you talk about when you when you hear about people switching teams,
2: I think that people don't switch teams very often and it's very difficult to because football you know said quite a lot that football is a bit like a religion really and it or it takes place of religion for people that are religious if you were to give up on you know your, your religion or whatever it's a real crisis of existence existential crisis if you do that so football clubs become sort of so important to your psyche that it's almost you know like saying there isn't a god way if you were suddenly going from Cobblers to peter or something like that so football clubs are so sort of deeply embedded yeah I, feel, I just think that if you were ever to say right this isn't my club anymore we'll just leave it such a hole that
3: people are just too scared to do it could i could i talk about there's two people i know who have got very 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 different experiences there's a lad i play football with who tends to go and watch posh well but, but if posh ain't at home and he's not got stuff to his family you go and watch cobblers and he's like look so i know both lots hate each other i like me football i can't follow posh all the time i like watching home games. And he watches, and I'm like, this guy, you know, I'll play football with him. He's a, a perfectly good bloke. He just had a different view, you know. I, I think there are there are different reasons to do do different things. But I've always had a thing that said with well, the cobblers. It's like, well, if I fell out with them enough, I wouldn't be sat at home on a Saturday. I wouldn't be going to watch Peterborough. I'd be going to Wellingborough Town. I'd be going to Dulwich. I'd be. Yeah. I'll be doing something that was saying oh, oh, I was I'm not being unfaithful to the cobblers. Yeah. i you know, we're just seeing different people.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think uh, your that's mate the tra- to- that's the trailer right there.
2: <laughs> your mate that goes to watch both. Harshey and Cobblers. It sounds he sounds quite like a mature, you know, fairly level-headed bloke. So he won't fit in either club, to be fair. So <laughs> between, yeah. Yeah, between two still, He doesn't two take anything
3: too seriously, but he yeah, does. that's an and important
2: that. as well. We need to uh, wrap up, guys, because we've been speaking for ages now. But um, the you know it was it's quite slightly more philosophical than I expected to do, actually in terms of you know this level handed rationale of, of what mm. football support ship is to us, which is you know unexpected and, and quite beautiful, but. I also think that what also is nice is traditional jazz uh, quartets and <laughs> first thing I'm going to do is start listening to the uh, Juan Carlos Benjamín quartet when I finish this right that out on Spotify you know get yeah, a smoke a cigarette and just uh, get a bit groovy lads so I think that's uh, that's where we should wrap it up and we'll all have a little chat next week Yeah. All right, and see you later, lads.
0: Cheers, all guys. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Cheers. Hold
1: up.